And welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is dealing with crisis. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us on our social media to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use our subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right, so today we're talking about crisis. Now, the reason I'm specifically talking about crisis is because we're currently in the middle of one, which is, I think, always the best time to talk about these things. I think first and foremost, the most important thing to remember in crisis is to decatastrophize. Now, I say that, of course, freaking out about this, but I'm going to give you some background before and some context for this crisis. So many of you know that we launched um, our new cuts and new colors in August. In, in the end of October, August, early September, we launched. Um, we went from having one cut, the slim cut, in the three colors, uh, the espresso, the chestnut, and the shale. And we went from that to having five colors in three cuts. So functionally, that's going from having three SKUs, three stock-keeping units, three items on our shelves, to having 15 on our shelves. Now, anybody who's ever worked in logistics and in stocking and managing inventory uh, realizes that that's a pretty big difference. It's a vastly different reality when you're looking at doing inventory counts and uh, organizing your logistics for your you know, orders from your suppliers, from our leather supplier, and creating that relationship. And because of the way we did our prototyping and our rapid launch with the new cuts, we didn't actually have our leather supplier do the cutting, which is what we normally do. We had a third party uh, locally do a lot of the initial prototyping. They cut that first batch on something called an auto knife. Now, the advantage of an auto knife is think of it like a robotic uh, chef with a blade. It's able to cut along pre-described lines that are given to it and plugged in. And that is a really cool way of doing uh, prototyping, but it's pretty expensive, and it's a pretty expensive way of doing regular sales of the leather. So that first batch that we had done, it went from idea in my head, design on paper, to proto or to products sitting on the shelf ready to ship out in 10 days. Now, that's a rapid, rapid prototyping launch, and that was made possible because of the uh, the auto knife that we use with that third party. But those product that was on the shelf was very expensive to sell because it had a lot of uh, a lot of other steps and the the process to make it was quite expensive. So we had our leather people create um, the dye that we would normally use, and that takes about two to three weeks to get created, and so that was a time-consuming. And then we uh, we finally started to work down on the initial inventory, and so we ordered more. And that first batch of inventory actually showed up today, and it was backwards. Now, for those of you who know anything about our pocket cut design, if you look at it, right, you're looking at the design, and it's all flayed flat, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, because the back pocket, which currently, which in the correct design is on the uh, right side when you're, when you're looking at it, right, when you're looking at the binder, the back pocket is on the back, which is on the right side of the leather when the suede side, the soft side, is facing you, and it's on the opposite side when the smooth side is facing you. Now, we'd had this discussion, and actually, we had the same issue quite a while back, about a month and a half, two months ago, 
when I was initially prototyping what eventually might become the Meridian number three, if we ever get it right, we had the same issue with our supplier then that was doing the auto knife cutting. There had been an issue where they had cut the first round with the wrong side facing up and it's not, it was not reversible. Well, that was an issue. That still is an issue. So I got the first batch of the first round of pocket cuts from our leather supplier, the ones that had been cut on the die after they had gotten the die, which we had to spend money on initially putting together. We got that first batch today, and I opened it up, and I noticed something looks off. And I put one together, and I realized what went wrong. Now, you may say to yourself, why don't we just flip the leather over? Which is one of the first things I did when I got on the phone with them. Because I think the first thing to do is to take a breath and realize that this is a problem to be solved. The obstacle is the way. Look for the challenge. You know, figure out how to solve the problem rather than just kind of, you know, give up. Uh, for those of you who listen to my Obstacle is the Way uh, podcast, you'll realize that that's kind of an important aspect of success in the world. And I thought to myself, okay, we can we can fix this. So I, I said, you know, can we flip the leather over, have the suede side facing up, and then use the same die? And the short answer is yes and no. Well, the short answer is going to be more yes than no, in my opinion, but that's something we'll figure out. And the, the real question comes into play is, does the quality decrease at all because of this? So the question comes into play with the edge. When you cut the use the die and the soft side's facing up, does the edge turn out different? than when you have the uh, smooth side facing up. We're going to troubleshoot that and figure out if it's significantly different. Regardless, at some level, we got to get the die remade, and uh, I think that's going to be an issue in play as at we are. I mean, and that's where we're running really low on the pocket cut inventory as it is. And I've kind of pulled back on the marketing of the pocket cut already. So I think the first thing we did with the, with the marketing was we said, okay, we're going to stop running ads that have the pocket cut in them, just period. Right, uh, we're gonna focus on our slim cuts and our wide cuts because we got both of those in, in pretty good stock, and we can get more pretty quick. But for the just the straightforward regular pocket cuts, we're gonna run out of our regular inventory, and they're probably gonna be out of stock for I mean a week maybe, week or two when we get the new, new die made and then sent new inventory to us. Now that's an issue, of course, when we look at this crisis because it's okay. Well, who's gonna pay for the new die? And that's I mean this is what what happened is very simple. This was a miscommunication between myself and the vendor. I did not clearly realize that they didn't understand how the binder was put together. So because they had no context to understand how the product was being used in its final form, they didn't understand how the design that they were seeing on the paper related to reality. And so they didn't know the difference. Now, there's no reason they should have known how it was going to be used because I didn't do a good job conveying that to them. Now, they also didn't do a very good job acknowledging that this was not a reversible kind of product and saying, this is how we cut our leather. Is this correct? So it was a miscommunication on both ends. It's easily both our fault, and I, I want to work on acknowledging my part in this because I didn't do a very good job being clear. And what we learned from this is that it's going to be important to very clearly understand that when you have a non-reversible leather die design, you've got to make sure that you clarify with the vendor how the leather is placed so that you can make sure to send the correct version of the die. So that's been a couple of things. So now we've been working, I got on the phone with them and we're going to figure out a way. I think what we can, we're going to end up doing is I think we're able to actually salvage a good portion of the leather. I mean, not all of it, quite a bit of it's going to be lost, but a portion of it is going to be able to be recut 
in slim cuts so that we're, we're able to basically use the same slim cut die because the pocket cut is the same size as the slim cut. It just has the additional pocket. So now I think with the slim cut die, we'll be able to essentially run this leather back through that and pull the slim cuts out of it. And we'll just have those wasted pockets, unfortunately. And then we're going to work on figuring out how to mitigate this uh, in the future and be able to get the new die as fast as possible and figure out exactly what our inventory stocking levels are at the moment of the different pocket cuts and figure out how we may be able to get new or more colors. And it may involve us sending um, more leather to the rapid prototyping place and having them cut some more for us. Uh, depending on the quality that is able to be produced by the die when it's flipped over in the short run. And if the quality is all right doing that, we'll probably do a few like that and then we'll get the die remade anyway because at some level if that's the way they do their leather cutting, you got to trust the guy in the you got to trust the guy in the room. You got to trust the guy at the press. You know, that's always been an important aspect of dealing with crisis. If you're not in the room, you got to trust the people that are in the room and you got to Bring on people on your team that you can trust to make the decision in the room for you. I, you know, it's funny. I think um, my uh, my father actually had some wise advice when I got married. Um, and the wise advice that he he had was that you got to trust this person is going to become your next of kin. You got to trust them because if if you're in a coma they're going to be making all your decisions and vice versa is true. They've got to trust you because if you're, if they're in a coma, you've got to make all their decisions. So I think that it's the same. You got to, got to develop that kind of trust with your people. You got to trust your people that when they're in the room, they're going to make the best decision for the team. And you got to work on being able to hire people you can trust to do that. And then you got to trust them to do it. So at some level, I'm going to trust the leather guy. I'm going to trust my vendors when they say we cut our leather with the smooth side facing up because it creates a better cut. I may disagree with them and that may be an issue that it may be a kind of an irrelevant issue, but I'm going to trust them in the room. So we may need to send some to our local prototyping people and, you know, deal with the higher cost of goods sold, but being able to be able to continue to provide you guys with that quality is our main goal. That's our first and foremost goal. So when you're dealing with crisis, keep going. I mean, that's the, it's, you know, the old Winston Churchill, when you're going through hell, keep going. You know, I think that's where we're at. We're obviously not going to stop. We've faced unprecedented growth the last two months and the last three months, actually. And I think we're going to continue to to grow our community, answer your guys' questions, and, you know, just keep on doing the, the best we absolutely can to provide you guys with good quality. So we appreciate all your patience in this world and in this deal as we've been continuing to work on developing this new solution. All right, so today's use... You know, I had this written down beforehand, and I think it's kind of ironic now. Today, I was going to talk about how great our pocket cuts are for being used as binders and journals for studying and for students. And I think while I can still talk about that, it actually applies just as well to our slim cuts or our wide cut designs. The binders, regardless of which cut you have, work amazing for students. They're easily customizable. You can add tabs, page protectors, all sorts of things if you get the wide cut. And even the slim cuts just got the most amazing, uh, amazing design. So you're able to modify it from 1 to 150 pages, which means as your professor gives you new assignments, as you want to change out your old pages with new pages, um, let's say you're taking notes in class and you want to scan them, onto the computer to have them later, that's easy to do. All you do is remove the pages and then it's just regular letter size paper. So it can fit right through a scanner and you can easily print it out if you want to print out copies for your, you know, 
paying friends, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you make money doing that. So, you know, being able to have that, I think is very helpful and very, uh, very unique. So I have a binder that's going to be able to last you your entire college career rather than buying hundreds of them over the course of your time in, in school. All right, so today, moving on to our day in a life segment, I talked a little bit about it, but I'm going to talk a little more about some of the other things I did today other than dealing with the the crisis. So I was able to get my taxes stuff all turned in yesterday. That was one of those things where they uh, they want you to pay your taxes if you're a small business owner over the course of the year, and then if you pay too much at the end of the year, they give you some of it back, or at least that's the logic, I think. But anyway, so one of the things I was frantically doing was getting all of the organization for the books all cleaned up and perfected, and so that was important. But one one of the things that has also yielded now that I worked on today was doing a lot more analysis on kind of where you guys are at. We've got some great um, data from Amazon and from our website about kind of where our orders are shipping to. And I'm curious if uh, there's kind of a correlation or a connection between where our ads are being shown or if there's more organic organic growth to that. So I'll probably go more into that in more detail later and talk a little bit more about kind of the analysis that I am doing and kind of what I think is the case and how that analysis is kind of playing out when I actually look at the data and what it's telling me. So I'd love to go more into that, obviously, because I think it's very interesting, but that was a big portion of my day today. So, all right, thanks, folks. Uh, thank you, folks, for tuning in today. Please be sure back to check back in tomorrow for our next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co, or you can contact us via our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can text me, email, call, direct message, all the usual stuff. I do my best to be available whenever you guys need me. Um, so I do love talking to all of you, but I appreciate your patience uh, as I often am dealing with quite a few things at once. So if you have any podcast topics you want to hear about, send them my way. I'm always happy to engage with our community about uh, and give you guys what you want. So let me know what you like to hear about, and I'd be happy to talk about it. If you're looking for multiple binders for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, feel free to ask about our bulk discount. I'd be happy to tell you more about it. It's a really a great option for, uh, for bulk orders. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and have a great day. Goodbye. <laughs>